Hey everybody, welcome to Reflections. I am here with my partner in crime, Frankie C. Frankie C, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Dave. How you doing today? I'm pretty good, man. Just been busy. It feels like the summer's come to an end. It's kind of a bummer. I know that in Nashville, people look forward to it because the summer is I'm so excited. I'm ready high. for the summer to be over. Get out of here. I just went and bought a bunch of fall clothes. Bring yeah? it on, what are, fall. What's the, what's the fall clothes style looking like right now? I don't know. Sweatpants for me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you got a whole bunch of new sweatpants? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, you got to be ready for, for rights and sessions and, and it's basically yeah. just sweatpants life in the fall. I feel me. that. Coming out of the gig life into the writing life is yeah. stage clothes to sweatpants. There's no in <laughs> yeah, between. I know. So what's going on this week? Man, there's been tons of stuff. Actually, it's, it's crazy. It's been a wild week. I was just thinking the other day, I heard that the Rolling Stones, they announced that they are going to release an album. And what's crazy is it's going to be their first album of original music in 18 years. What? I know. I think it's kind of crazy to think that like within a few months, there's going to be new Rolling Stones material out. Like we're talking full comeback. How are we feeling about it? Are we, is this, (laughs) is this a good thing? I, well, I don't know, man. Like I think about this a lot with artists, like the people who like killed it for a period of time, stuff seems to pass them by. Not everybody. Some people stay relevant throughout their entire lives, but for a lot of people who like absolutely dominated at the top, like, I don't know, like the Rolling Stones, the Madonnas, the things like that, it feels like there comes a time when like they no longer kind of are tapped into the musical zeitgeist. Because like, think about this. Is there anyone around the Rolling Stones telling them that's not a good song? Right. If you're if you're just going to have people encouraging you and being like, yeah, it's going to be great, then you can kind of yeah. just do whatever you want and might not be the best commercially the best you know i know and that's what i'm like worried about like like th- they they need to bring people in who are like current songwriters going like sorry mick jagger <laughs> you know yeah. that's not good enough <laughs> you know <laughs> no one would ever say that to <laughs> dig oh, deeper man. mick <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> dig deeper i just i think we got more here can we just take a break let's have lunch and come back to it i bet you those guys write songs in like 30 minutes i bet you like they they sit in the studio pump up a lick and then they just go and then like mick jagger just kind of does a bunch of stuff and then they're like yeah that sounds great mick like awesome man (laughs) whatever it is weird though i should say that um it is their first album ever without their drummer charlie watts which is going to be pretty interesting i mean not that like i'm sure they can find a drummer to fill it but i wonder what that must be like to like not have the fourth member that's been there since the very 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 beginning to be in the studio with you i bet you that's going to be a little odd I hate to assume, you know, that something would be bad or like, you know, not give it a chance. Yeah. But you're right in that like things have kind of a season. And, you know, yeah. I've I've been let down a lot in the past by these kinds of artists where it's like I was super into their their heyday stuff. And then they came back 20 years later and pulled a Bob Dylan and yeah. didn't <laughs> didn't yeah. fully execute. Um, but, you know, who never has disappointed me is Paul McCartney. So there you go. Really? Yeah. You just, really? That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I understand that the Beatles was like a huge heyday, but like I also just feel like he like really kept with it in a really cool way. Yeah. So his wing yeah. stuff was was very, very good. Like his post immediate post Beatles yes, stuff was strong. Right. Like he just kept yeah. going and kept writing yeah. really quality songs, in my opinion. There's a few like so my my favorite guy like ever is Bruce Springsteen. Okay. So that's my like that's my hero of music Mm. and he he's had so many great 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 albums and then 
He did the, the after 9-11, he did the album The Rising, which was phenomenal. And then he released um, a, another album after that. I can't remember the name. And it was pretty good. But then it's kind of like everything he's kind of done since. I'm like so pumped when it comes out. And it just, it never hits me the way like his stuff does, his core stuff does. And I guess part of it's probably because I like elevate all his old stuff to like the level of like nothing can match this ever, not mm. even Bruce's new stuff. But the other part of it that I wonder is like, when you get older, do you just like, you know, you just kind of write stuff and you're just like, well, I don't know, like I'm just going to do what I've done in my whole life, which is just like tap into the world around me. But then you get to a point where you're kind of not connected to the world around you anymore. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure at some point staying on trend can, you know, pull you so far out of what comes naturally to you that it's not even good for you to do anymore. So it's like, okay, I'll just stick with, you know, what's me, which isn't going to be necessarily on trend, but at least it's still authentic. Well, Um, that's, I think that's the thing. It must be hard to be like, like you can't, none of these people like, like the Stones, Paul McCartney, Bruce Springsteen, et cetera, Neil Young, all, all these people that are still releasing music that have been around forever. I don't think they would even know how to be inauthentic. Right. And so they're just going to like do what they feel is authentic. And even, and even if that's not even connected to like the current musical environment or whatever, there's, that's the only way they know how to be. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't really want to hear a Rolling Stones feature on a mumble rap song. Like that ain't going to (laughs) fly for me. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Could be cool. Could be cool. That, that, Never know. Be, that, that would be so <laughs> out there, though. That'd be so like some like young manager being like, "All right, Mick, I have this idea for the band. You know, <laughs> we're gonna get on a mumble rap with whoever mumble raps." I never, got, I never follow mumble rap that much. That's the one rap style I just don't. Don't, don't ask into. me. No. Speaking of like um, people that were like legends. Well, uh, f- not not so much a legend in the first case, but a legend in the latter case. We had a, you know, we were talking about Charlie Watts had passed away. A um, couple people had passed away recently. The oh, lead singer, Steve Harwell, the lead singer from Smash Mouth, passed away. Um, I wasn't really a huge Spa- Smash Mouth fan, though. I was. You can't. You Were you really? Yeah, I mean, for the hits. For the hits, yeah. He's yeah. an all-star now. Yeah, he is. He's in that, he's in the all-star heaven above. I mean, I always thought it was pretty funny. Not funny. I thought it was kind of interesting that when they covered that, the monkeys, uh, believer song. Yeah. For the Shrek movies Men that like face. that. Yeah, exactly. Like that became a massive hit again, you know, good for the people that wrote that. Right. Wouldn't you love that 40 years down the line that some band just like takes your song and just makes it another hit again. Dude. I feel like covers are like where it's at right now. Like, because I think we're just in this unprecedented time where there's so many amazing recordings from the past to choose yes. from. You can just yes. be so creative in what you remake and like so many huge hit songs like that that I grew up listening to, I didn't even know were remakes. Some of those songs are literally like classics. Like they're they're like almost timeless. I mean, I think that term gets bound, bounced around a lot, but there are songs that are timeless. Like you could cover it generation after generation after generation and people would like soak that shit up. And then uh, Jimmy Buffett passed uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I loved Jimmy. I still love Jimmy Buffett. Like I will admit that I like when the summertime hits and it's like a perfect day and I'm like out back and I'm maybe like have a early beer and I'm reading a book. I put on the best of Jimmy Buffett. Like it just relaxes me. It feels like feels like the beach. It feels like everything, right? Yeah, now it's going to be tainted with a little bit of 
you know, sadness. sadness. It, I think it, we are kind of like entering an interesting phase in time where we're going to see a lot of these kinds of legends, yeah. you know, passing. Cause it, it just, yeah. you know, that, that era, they're all kind of getting to this age and that yep. was kind of a big heyday in terms of stardom and partying probably <laughs> and partying yeah i mean somehow the stones are still alive except for charlie watts who all, always seemed like the the healthiest of the four of them like i you know keith richards is still alive how, how the hell does that happen what blows my mind even more is that you know they're still performing to this day a lot of these guys like yes in the 80s like you're straight up yelling i know when you're dude. singing like like and then they're you know obviously like drugs and alcohol and all that stuff and it's like it just blows my mind when they still can do it yes even maybe if it's not to like the same level it's it just it still is crazy to me um, well yeah like like tina turner passed away and she was kicking it she was killing it on stage basically right up to the day she passed away you know i mean like and that woman i mean talk about a, a show person i mean she was one of the greatest front persons in the history of music and you know, right up till the day she died, it seemed like she was unstoppable. Um, I always think of ACDC too. If you ever look at Angus when he performs, he's still running around stage the same way he was back in like the early 70s. Like it's absolutely mind boggling. Can only hope. Yeah, you and me running around stage later in life. <laughs> you know, it's he's funny. Doing it with uh, a cane, still doing it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Just shuffle. Rapping with my little cane. shuffler coming along. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man, there's some good news though. Speaking of, I know we've been kind of going to the macabre, but there's been some really interesting news. Um, I don't know if you know this about me, Frankie, you might, but I'm, I'm really fascinated and really interested in all of the goings-ons about royalties for writers and streaming me services. Too. Me too. And there's been so much... There's been so much work done by people like David Israelite and a number of organizations to advocate and challenge uh, the streaming services to compensate us fairly. And this has been an ongoing battle, and I'm sure many of our listeners already know this in some capacity. But what was really interesting is just the other day, the Copyright Office of the United States. So this is the office that basically decides how much we're getting paid by streaming services effectively, okay? They announced that streaming services will have to pay late fees on any payments that are delayed regarding our the original decision for royalty increases. So basically, what in what happened and just for people who don't know what I'm talking about out there, in 2018, the American government passes the Music Modernization Act, the MMA. And the MMA basically said, we are going to get a bump in our royalties and we're going to get increases thereafter. And then that that those increases will be set by the Copyright Office, right? Well, immediately, of course, Spotify and Amazon and others challenge that. And it goes into the court and it goes on for years and years. And only recently did it finally get settled that the streaming services have accepted the fact that we are going to get this raise. But in that time from 2018 to just like literally this year, late last year, early this year, in that time, we were supposed to be getting paid the increases the raises that the MMA had set forth. So we were not. We were actually being paid the old rates. So then what happens is, in the last year, the, the government says to these services is that you actually owe all these people back pay, right? You owe them back pay for all of the increased revenue that they should have had that they didn't get because you were fighting it in court. The government then says you have six months to compensate everyone for all of that back pay. 
And if you do not pay everyone within those six months, you then start to have to pay late fees on the royalties that you haven't paid yet. So suck it. Yeah, totally. A total suck it. It's Give awesome. Give me my to twenty-five see. bucks. Yeah, I know. Yeah, your your twelve, your uh, your eighteen dollars just went up to twenty-five bucks, something like right? that. Right. But I mean, I, what I love about it, and I, of course, we all want a pay raise, and we're not nearly where we should be in terms of equitable compensation for streaming and things like that. But the precedent that's being set right now in the US is so important for the world because, you know, I'm a Canadian, of course, so part of my royalties come from my Canadian PRO, SoCan, and each country negotiates rates with these streaming services separately. There's no global set rate, but America is now taking sort of the lead in saying you owe to the streaming services, you owe these people more money and you have to pay them and they are going to get raises continually going forward. And now that America has done this, and now that the American government, because usually what happens with this stuff is the United States sort of sets the precedent, and then everyone else follows up. And so I'm just really excited because I think we're entering finally into an era where slowly but surely, I think we're going to see streaming slowly, but slowly but surely streaming start to kind of pay us more and more what we deserve. I'm not saying we're going to make millions of dollars off millions of streams, but more and more, I think we're leaning towards, I think the the world is going towards a, a space where people recognize that for a long time, streaming services have robbed us of what is our compensation. So I'm excited about that. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. I am excited about that as well. I feel like we're going to maybe see some effects from that. Hopefully, you know, other countries following suit. But I also yeah. think that one of the effects we might see from it is some of these st- streaming platforms really cracking down on bot streaming, you oh, know, yeah, and fake yeah. streaming because, yeah. you know, that's going to be one of those things where they potentially could be paying out for. So, you know, any artists, like I know lots of people have been there, done that occasionally, like, you know, be careful if that's something that you've kind of messed around with, with your promotion, because I think that we could be seeing a change in the crackdown on that. That's a great point, actually. I didn't even think about that. I I hope so. And just a slight little music history lesson for anyone who doesn't know, like, kind of how the situation has progressed. But like, prior to streaming, there was a compulsory mechanical rate of 9.1 cents per each sale of a song. So, you know, for the for that one dollar sale of a song, the songwriter was getting nine point one cents, close to ten percent of a mm-hmm. royalty. And mm-hmm. for streaming for each play, I mean, it's like fractions of a cent. Yeah, and I and remember. and I think just mathematically, we haven't really figured out how to equate like what actually is comparable to that earlier mechanical rate, especially since you still can buy a song and still get that rate. So we're just kind of like swimming in the unknown right now. I'm interested to see if these changes, how much they really help. Um, I, or I mean, we'll see, streaming we'll see is increases. just... A, I think we'll see increases. We'll I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, is, is it, it enough to sustain yeah. the average songwriter? <laughs> you know, probably not. Yeah, but, probably um, not. you know, we'll see. 
one of the things I do love about the new formula is that now if Spotify increases their um, rate, their monthly rates, we we get some of that too. So it's now in our benefit. It's actually now what's interesting is that it's both in the songwriters and in Spotify, you know, the company's interest to make sure that there is a, you know, a, a, a monthly fee that is reasonable, you know, and, and the bottom line is music isn't free. And I think for a lot of music consumers, they, for a long time, they thought that music is free and they're like, why would I pay for music? It's free. And it's never been free. Yeah. Thanks Napster. I know that's, that's true. I mean, Napster did open up, even though right now, for those who don't know, Napster is still in existence and it pays some of the highest uh, royalty rates uh, out of any of the platforms. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Paying their dues. So yeah, so we'll see how how it goes going forward. I, I it's it's all good news in the sense of that the mentality is changing, and that's the most important thing I think. I mean, it just makes me happy to hear that we're being vouched for in some ways, and like yeah. big thanks to David Israelite. Like, yes, I know I've said this to you before, but I I, I want to get him on the show so bad. Well, he can educate us all. If you're listening out there, anyone who knows David Israelite, please please send him this episode and tell him that we want to get him on to educate the world on all the amazing things he's done and all the great changes that have occurred in the past five or six years. You know, I have this, um, I, 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 oh, another good news story. And I wanted to tell you this. I'm kind of excited about this because there's a little Canadian wow. angle in here. Um, I know, okay. you, I know Frankie, you're getting used to these Canadian angles. I'm basically so, Canadian at this point. Yeah. You, I mean, you pretty much, I've sent you the, the package Canadian. to become, uh, to be, yeah, <laughs> I got Justin package, Trudeau is yeah. going to reach out. <laughs> <laughs> it came with a um, maple syrup and yep. a flag and, uh, and poutine and poutine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Poutine's so good. <laughs> Um, so, you know, Morgan Wade, right? The great, the amazing Morgan Wade, right? Yes. Um, I love her. I loved her last album so much. And she just released a new album. And on her album is a song about Alanis Morissette, who's from Canada. And I want to read you the lyrics to this and I'll tell you why. Okay. So here are just some of the lyrics. This is like the first verse chorus kind of thing. It goes, um, Alanis, how did you ever keep your sanity? Alanis lived out your pain through sweet profanity. Your heart, it was bleeding when you told all your secrets and they showed no sympathy. Alanis, how did you ever keep your sanity? Scream on the stage and let out the rage till the lights go dark. Fame is hollow, jagged pills hard to swallow while they pick you apart, oh, Alanis. So, okay. Yeah, I know. So, so really cool. So, jagged little pill reference, all that stuff, right? So, Alanis Morissette posted on Instagram about this. So here's what Alanis said in her Instagram post. She posted a photo of Morgan Wade um, and Alanis wrote, Morgan, thank you for seeing me. Your generosity and your ability to so powerfully, vulnerably, and empathetically articulate your deep kindness. I'm deeply moved. Love you. Aw. Isn't that cool? I would die. <laughs> and then Morgan's like, Morgan lost her mind. I would, I would like, die. I would, I would be like, and we're done. That's... That's Dude, life and unseen. I, I love that. I love that story so much because Alanis Morissette, first, you know, she's a good Canadian girl, but more, more importantly, she was so pivotal for so many young women, like Jagged Little Pill and so much of her work, like is so important to so many young women, especially women who went into music because Alanis was so strong and she's... She's not someone who's ever seemed to like, well, when she was 16, she did some pop stuff, but let's, let's ignore that stuff because she was a teenager. But when she became an adult, she released stuff that was like raw and 
brutal and honest and amazing, you know? And yeah, I, think, I mean, like adult, I'm, like only 18. You know, I, yeah. I don't know if you've seen Jagged Little Pill, the documentary. No, I haven't. But it really does chronicle a lot of that time for her of transitioning from pop to this more rock phase and not really being heard, you know? She's being kind of taken advantage of yeah. by all these men in the industry and she's just too young to be taken seriously as she voices that opinion and I don't want to give too much away like go watch it her story is beautiful in that sense and I think it just speaks to a lot of women in the industry who have felt that way you know I think that times are changing and and we're giving a voice to those girls but um, the music industry is one of those places where girls have been both capitalized upon but silenced yep. simultaneously yeah, totally. and um, her story just speaks volumes to that and really I feel like empowering powers artists to speak up if something's going wrong oh i just love that i absolutely yeah. love that whole interaction and morgan nailed it i feel like the lyrics yeah. that she kind of wrote like encapsulate that whole story yeah i mean lana says she's like a pioneer in like that raw brutal honest true like like think about think about how like think about julia michaels and think about all these artists now who write in this raw, like sometimes even shocking fashion, you know, I guess Madonna kind of did that a little bit too, but Alanis, there was like a, an authenticity to it. Like there was no doubting when Jagged Little Pill came out, there was no doubting that Alanis was speaking from her heart and her experiences. And she was not afraid to put it all out there. Mm -hmm. And now that's like a pretty, like that's a style now, like pot, that type of like Julia Michaels, right? She's sort of brought that honest raw rawness to pop music and and i mean realistically a lot of that's owed to the way that alanis kind of broke that stuff open you know and then he had sarah mclaughlin kind of doing some of it too but really alanis was sort of one of the great pioneers of that for like popular kind of music i never really thought about that but that's so true like prior to that it was a lot more i mean the the stereotypical female singer songwriter had a lot more you know metaphorical yeah. things to yeah. say um yeah. whereas it seemed like maybe in the 90s, those singer-songwriter chicks really opened the door to just be like brutally honest. And, yeah, and totally. uh, now we can just be as honest as we want. Yeah, and now now it's like the more honest. <laughs> now it's like the like, uh, more honest, the better. It's like, can dude, we be less I, honest? <laughs> I was listening to this pop song the other day um, and it was like called, I'm still, I'm still in love with my ex. And one of the lines in it was, we're not making love, so we'll just fuck. And that was, was just like, it's poetry. I was, I was like, wow, man. It's like, and it's this sweet voice. I can't remember the artist who said it, but it nonetheless, like that's the, you know, and that's like, that is Alanis Morissette stuff right there. Right. Shock like it was, yeah. you know, shock him, like just be raw and honest. And that's what Alanis did. Like there's that famous line. She taught go down on him in a theater that, that yeah. really like, boy, at the time, absolutely blew musical way that a woman would talk about giving oral sex in a theater in a song. Yeah. My mom actually took that CD away from my sister and when like she got it for her for Christmas, my sister played it in a room and then my mom was like, Nope, we're taking it back. And like, didn't let her have it for another couple years. But that's rock and roll, right? That's rock, rock and roll. roll, baby. Parents won't Man. let you listen. That's rock and roll. Hey, speaking of rock and roll, Dyson, speaking of rock and roll, Dyson, <laughs> my man. 
Oh my gosh. Look at the great segues. We always do such good segues. I know, right? That was great. What it. a great I episode. It. I absolutely totally. loved his perspective. It was so wonderful. And I said this so many times when we talked to him, but having a different perspective, having somebody that's, you know, comes from the instrumentalist side, yes. um, the band side of things, yes. and, you know, works as a performer, works as a songwriter, but experiences it from a totally different angle than, you know, some of us just plain old, you know. Country rap writers. <laughs> Country rap writers. <laughs> yes. The different perspective is very valuable. I just love that we brought on someone who's more of, even though he is a writer, but I love that it, it was sort of like he's an instrumentalist. You know, he's a mu- musician in the truest sense. He certainly knows a lot about metal and hard rock, doesn't he? Like he real that 80s rock scene, that dude... Like he's dropping names that I'm like trying to Google as fast as I can to catch up. His brain is a is a straight up encyclopedia of it's wild rock performers. When he does rare hair, he brings up all these amazing people and he does some of the most obscure songs. I feel like whenever I go, it's just like being bombarded with awesomeness, but also songs I've I haven't potentially heard before. Um, yeah. But yeah, and it's well attended and like some huge names are just hanging out so low key and hopping up on stage at that. And I feel like he's just put together such a cool event here in Nashville that if anyone loves rock music and hasn't attended, make your yeah. way to a rare hair show at some point. It is an experience. Yeah, and we put the link up in the show notes from the interview with Tyson. So you can, that sends you to the Facebook page and that gives you all the information you need. Full disclosure, I've never been. I only learned about it through the interview with Tyson. And now I really, 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 really want to go. It sounds like it'd be a hell of a show. One of the similarities that I drew between songwriting and performing as an instrumentalist is there's a lot of similarity in how the business operates. Like yeah. it's so much about who you know, who you've yeah. met, just the hours of FaceTime you're putting in with people. Yes, obviously you have to be amazing at your craft, but at the same time, you have to show up to these events. I think what Tyson said is you have to be present to win. Yep. yep. And that is definitely the case with songwriting as well. Yeah, totally. And he tells a great story when he's like getting off the road and that his buddy was like that Monday night at Douglas Corner. And then and then he's like, oh, man, my family, I got to go. And he's like, dude, he's like, this is what you got to do if you're here, you know, and Tyson did, you know, and that was his sort of first big aha moment about being in town and being part of the scene and meeting people in the scene. And that's, like you said, that's been something that, that I think we've seen with a, with a lot of people. I think these creative ways that people come up with how to network, I absolutely love. You know, with Michael August, it was the yeah. 365 days of emails. But with Tyson, it was 30 days of lunch. You know, the first month he was here, every single yep. day, he took somebody else out to lunch. Yes. And I think that that's just so smart, just kind of being able to dig in right when you get here and just immediately meet all those people. Yeah. I mean, you really highlighted, I think that's the big takeaway from it is just how much he connected with people and how much he worked at networking and worked at meeting people too. I also want to say that the photo you grabbed of him for for the graphic for the episode is <laughs> rad. I loved it. I love that shot. It was so cool to see that. He's got some pretty kick ass uh, the hair metal, you know, photos. Yeah. yeah. I had I had to man. I had to use one of those. So it was so great talking to him. I miss playing with him every day. It was so fun. 
for you know the year and a half that I was in that band with him, and um, I get to pop up on stage occasionally. So yeah. you know the era is not over, but uh, man. I do miss him. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, totally. It was great to talk to him. And, and 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 for those out there, you might just see me and Frankie at a Rare Hair, the next Rare Hair event or or the one after that, because I'm definitely going to try to go. And uh, I'll probably drag Frankie with me anyway. Hell yeah, I can't wait. All right, folks. Well, that's it for Reflections today. For those out there in podcast land, I am David Boris. And I'm Frankie C. And remember, everybody, everybody sucks. sucks.